Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of We Want to Talk About It Now. Uh, Julie, today we have a very special episode for you. Once again, thank you for being our one and only subscriber and for being the only one that's donated anything so far. Um, Even if that donation is simply uh, donating us love, we really appreciate it. Today we have a very exciting subject that I really need to talk about because as we'll find out later on, I have been getting very bad at this. I had like this one month kick where I was just going crazy doing it. No, not drugs or heroin. What I was doing was the the super drug that every human should do, running. I was going crazy running so many miles, more miles than I've ran in my entire life probably for an entire month. And I recently stopped, so that's why I want to talk about it, just so I can get motivated to start doing it again. Also, this week is the American Fork Canyon Race for the Cure. Is that what it's called? Cancer Cure. Cancer Cure. Something, something, uh, it's raising money to cure cancers for a good cause. Is it called the AF Canyon Run? It probably is just the AF Canyon Run. I don't know. Um, <laughs> cure to, uh, Cure rabies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we well, actually, please participate in this. It's for it's for a real cause, not a not a made up office cause. And all three of us are running that half marathon that we're really excited about. So if you if you're excited, um, you probably won't have enough time to train for the half marathon, but you could easily sign up for the five k and just go and be a good person and donate some money to uh, cancer research. And if you want a free entry into the race, just get in contact with Alex Skinner. He'll hook you up. Yeah, so you're probably like, who are all these voices? Uh, there are a couple of people that we haven't had on the podcast before, but both of them have a little bit of experience in this field of running, some more than others. And so we have John Hammond on, who uh, is a triathlete, a marathoner, a half marathoner, an Ironmaner, a Ragnarok. Wait, is that Rag- a Ragnar? <laughs> Ragnarok sounds better than Ragnar. Uh, he did the Salt Lake Tri in Wisconsin, yep. not in Salt Lake City, Utah. Three uh, marathons. He did the Park City one. Uh, St. George, where he qualified to run Boston, which I hear is a difficult thing to do. Did the St. George Ironman, and then he also did the Hood to Coast uh, original Ragnar. So, John, thanks for being on today, and welcome. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs up. Great for podcast. And then we have PJ. Welcome, PJ. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. PJ, I don't have any. PJ put down, I didn't want to say this because I want everyone to know that this is coming from him and not me. I didn't write this. Uh, he has down as his introduction, one of the slowest runners you'll ever meet. But I think that leads to a very interesting question for PJ. Uh, why do you run? Because I think a lot of people probably look... I'll be honest, like when I, when I heard that you were into running, I was kind of not shocked. That's like super offensive, just surprised. I'm like, oh, I would have never assumed that you were like this avid runner. Um, is there a reason why you do it and why you enjoy it? Thanks for the kind words, by the way. Um, wait, wait, (laughs) which, which ones? (laughs) The shock. Uh, really I got into running, uh, because my dad was getting into running quite a bit. Uh, and he, he suggested a book, Born to Run, which uh, we're going to talk about a lot today. I don't know if you're prepared to talk, but we sure are. Um, it's a good book. But uh, really got me hooked on the idea of it. And I feel like myself, uh, I'm big on just trying things. And where I can't compensate with skill or natural ability, 
just endurance and like hard work has been my thing throughout my whole life. And that's the thing with running for me is speed to me isn't the end result of running. It's it's the journey. It's feeling like you're getting somewhere um, and throwing in the time and resources to do it. And that's that's kind of my jam throughout life. And running's been a nice way to do that. And I've gotten a little bit faster, but really what's cool for me is just, just doing it. That's the hardest part for me is the just doing it part. I think it's cool to like talk about and tell people it's something that you do because it's it's something that not everybody does and it's something that everyone can do. Obviously, people who are paralyzed, excluded, and people that obviously can't run, but I don't want, I just imagine people being like, well, not everybody can run, so I just want to cover myself on that. John, why do you run? Yeah, uh, similar to PJ, I uh, grew up not running at all. Uh, ran in high school because I played lacrosse, hated it, had shin splints. Then um, later in my life, I found out I kind of had a heart condition, so they're like, hey, try cardio out. So I started trying to run and just started feeling good there. And so that's what initially got me into it. But then I started getting hooked and starting doing races um, because – my sister was really into it, and I saw how much hard work she would put into something and get this resolve, and it was very personal, like, satisfaction. And so for me now, it, the, the why has become really internal, and it's something I love to push myself and see, okay, here's a big challenge. Let's break it down. Let's train for it. Let's overcome and it just it helps boost my confidence in other areas of my life where I'm like, hey, I can do hard things. What else can I do? I think something that's hard for me is something that both of you mentioned in The Reason Why You Run. One, it's a huge time investment. The one thing that I've noticed just running for this one month that I've been running crazy is it leaves me almost no time to do anything during the week because I have work. I have my usual workout that I do as well. Uh, I was going to say bodybuilding, but that's not accurate. Uh, just my normal exercises and then running in the morning. And then I also like running when I get home. And currently, I feel like I'm in this, uh, I have written down that like there's this ebb and flow that I feel. And I'm totally in an ebb right now where I just, this last week, I haven't done it at all no desire to. Whereas before I just constantly had like, I was almost like I was chasing the dragon, like, oh, let's see how fast I can do this. Let's see how I can push myself. How do you guys stay motivated to do it? Because that I'm, I'm struggling with that so hard. And I bet you a lot of people, one, they have a hard time just even wanting to do it. And then once they start, how do they keep themselves motivated to do it? Uh, I'm going to let John do it because he's, uh, he's in better shape than me. So he's obviously more motivated. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... When you're in an ebb and flow or just like, I think anything in life, when you're trying to learn how to stick to it or set a, a goal, I mean, I'm not great at setting goals and achieving them sometimes in other avenues in my life, but I think it comes to the why. Um, yeah, I think you have to find that why of why you're doing something beyond like an external factor, like whether it's to lose weight, to look good, to run faster, those types of things. Those are good, you know external like people are looking upon you it's an outward looking in factor. so an in, you need an internal yeah exactly did, did you mention what your internal just yeah. like you like pushing yourself i like yeah seeing how hard i can go in terms of like can i overcome hard things and then um also on just like my why is just like for me it's one of the best ways to relieve stress um it's almost my meditation 
Um, some people have actual yoga, meditation, you know, prayer, scripture study, whatever it is. But for me, running accomplishes that in a, in a big part of my life. I like that, but what I'm another thing that I'm struggling with is I think most of the reasons that I've been running have been only for external factors, and I haven't been able to find that internal factor. Any recommendations on how to find an internal factor? So for me, I was... Well, John's known me long enough to know me when I was fat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, like, really one of the big reasons I started running is because I thought, like, oh, like, weight loss. Like, runners are naturally, you know, more schvelt. Thin, yeah. yeah. Schvelt's the word I've used. Um, but they look good. And then I started running for a long time and realized, like, man, I, like, I've been, you know, I'd put in like 20 miles a week for like a year, uh, you know, unless there was like snow on the ground here and not a lot of weight like went away. And, and, uh, luckily like I found other things, realized like diet was a big part of it. I realized, uh, there are other, like running just isn't the best like weight loss thing. Um, and the reason being is because like a lot of people run too fast and they get their heart rate into a bad zone that isn't so much for fat, but it's it's good for your heart. And anyway, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, but for me, like I went through that. I went through the phases of like, well, why am I doing this? Because I'm not losing weight, but I still find myself like you, like waking up at six in the morning just because you wanted to run. Or like on Saturday, which is like sleep in day. It's like, oh man, this would be great. Like I could get I could get a ten mile run in before, you know, like we have to go and run errands or whatever. Um and, and for me it kinda just happened, the whole running thing. Like it was just I guess I'm a runner now. Like, um so I think like there's definitely a value of starting with external motivators, but for me at least, uh something just happens over time and it's not it's for me it's not a light switch moment it's more like a sunrise um that's just slow and before you know it like oh the sun's up and this is who i am kind of a just like thinking about running in general i i remember my sister who's an avid runner i just kind of i helped her pace one of her marathons pj the marathon you ran yeah. um that i saw you at she uh she was really suffering at this one out and back of the little or big cottonwood canyon it's just this ugly portion of the race right at a brutal spot and uh I, like we just kind of started repeating a mantra and different th reasons why she likes to run and why she runs and it was things like she wants to be a good example to her kids you know she can overcome hard things she's a a, a mom that was willing to stick to a goal and go after it and accomplish it and like my my mother has a lot of health issues and stuff like that and my sister wanted to be a good example to her like hey I can do hard things I can overcome and that was really inspiring to see her like really suffer in this part of the race and then like keep going and finish it and so that was a those are good examples to me a great book I think that really hits this like you know, the why behind running. Cause I'm, I'm like PJ as well. It wasn't a light switch. It was just like slowly I started running and there it was, you know, now I'm like, Oh, I really love running. Um, ultra marathon man by Dean Carnazes. He is like a legend in the running world when it comes to running extreme dish, uh, distances, all these types of records that he's broken, but he didn't start running till he was 30. And it was on his 30th birthday that he decided to pick up running he went on like an all-night run woke up in the morning like exhausted hurt in pain like what the heck did I just do but in love with it and so that was more of a light switch moment um, at least the book makes it seem like it 
but it's a cool story of showing where his life was as a really high paying executive in San Francisco to now pivoting his life to running, which is, it's just a cool book. Good story. Do you think running's for everyone? I mean, what, what's, what's interesting is the book Born to Run does make that claim that we as humans are, are born to run, and that is, that is our thing. And there's a lot of science to back up, you know, correct form of running that everyone can do it. Uh, but, but I don't think everyone would like it equally. Like, the time commitment is huge. And if you're only looking for like like physical gains from it like you'll probably get better results by doing like p90x for 90 days than you would spending three hours a day running so it has to be like it has to meet your why so i i really don't think it is for everyone my caveat with that is just like pj he's open to try new things i think everyone should try it yeah and what I mean by trying it is not go up, lace up, and go for an hour run your first time. That's not trying it. It's immerse yourself in it. Set a goal for like a month, three or four weeks. Say, I'm going to run three or four times a week for the next month, and I'm going to start small. I'm going to run to the end of the block, and then I'm going to walk for five more minutes. And then the next time go out, I'm going to run two blocks and then walk back. And then slowly just build upon that and try it for just that one month. And that will give you a good flavor whether you like running or you don't. And try it on different surfaces. Don't just try a treadmill or a track or a road. Go out and try trails as well. Like trail running, there's a huge different like culture around trail running oh, man. Yeah. than there is road running, track running. Even people who are on the treadmill at the gym, they're all very different mindsets and different types of people who are out running. No, that's a really good point. Well, something that's like really tough for me and one was when I first started running I was just doing the treadmill thing I'm just like I don't understand how people could even do a marathon or a half marathon or anything like because like when you're running on a treadmill I'm just like all right and now it's the classic just like I've mentioned this before where it's all right I just have to do what I just did three more times I've been running for five minutes I'm now at about a half mile so I just have to do a half mile three more times and I'll be at two miles and I can just call it quits. Yeah, treadmill is a horrible place to start. Uh, eventually, er, Originally, the treadmill was invented to be a punishment for prisoners and it's just involved. <laughs> so just think about it that way. If you are going to start running, I would avoid the treadmill at all costs. Get outside, man. Uh, that's because uh, I did notice when I did run outside for the first time, it was a lot. I was like, wow, that was, I think it was crazy. It was right after... My wife and I had said I uh, signed up right after we had signed up for the AF Canyon run. I was just like, let's just go, let's go, let's go try it. I also found out my wife is like the perfect pace for me. Like what her fastest running is like the perfect. I just don't get tired. Anyways, I'm not trying to say I'm better than my wife. I'm just she's she's great. She's great. Um, but like we did six uh, six miles in about fifty. No, it was like fifty five minutes. And I was like, this isn't gonna be as bad as I thought. And then so I get super high on it and just like, all right, let's start running. I thought it was going to be hard. This isn't as bad, running outside. And then running with myself, I found it extremely difficult to find a good pace. I either find myself running too slow or I'm just like, oh, well, that was like 11 minutes. I'm not tired. Don't feel like I got anything. Or I'm running too fast and at about a mile, I just have to stop. Is there any recommendations on how to sort of pace yourself so you're not killing yourself, but also so you're getting a quality workout out of it? 
Uh, a big piece of advice that helped me early on is make your long runs slower and your short runs faster because they need to serve two purposes. It's the same mindset of why you shouldn't do the same three-and-a-half-mile loop every day. If you're training for something, you need to train in different environments um, for the same reason why, you know, if you want to do an arm workout, like you do a lot more than just standing curls. You know what I mean? Um, so a good, a good rule of thumb for me is if I'm running a long distance, uh, for me, that's anything more than eight miles. If I'm running a distance like that, I try really hard to, to periodically just close my mouth and see if I can hold my pace just through my nose, um, which is hard. Like heart rate wise for me in my age, that puts me at about like 150, 155, um, which they say is like kind of like the top of the level for like fat burning stuff. Uh, shorter runs, which for me, like I don't do a lot of middle ground stuff. Like for me, it's like a two mile run or like an eight mile run or sprints. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about sprints sometime in this, but um, like a two mile run, like I try to run that like as hard as I can really. Um, and, and, and go for time. Um, and that's really helped me, I think, progress because shorter runs that are faster help the muscles grow and longer runs that, uh, that are, that are lower in in intensity have really helped like my lung capacity. Is it a legitimate sprint when you say like you're doing your two mile sprint? So I wouldn't call my two mile run a sprint. Um, I do, I have a specific regimen for sprint training, um, that I do. And I would say total within my sprints, including warm up and cool down to that would be a whole mile, like just a single mile. Okay. Yeah. On that point, I think PJ hit it right on again, right on the nail on the head, if you will. Um, I, I feel like nowadays people rely way too much on technology they have their little Fitbit or their little distance watch, and they hey. they, they go and tackle. PJ no, and I both, both both have Fitbits. <laughs> it's fine to have them, but people rely on them too much. And let me break that down. So people will go and calculate their heart rate zones and stuff before they're even into it. And like running is a very natural thing. You should go off feel. And th- I think PJ hit it really well. Um, I like to always break down running into like three types of feel. Three zones, if you will. For long, um, 80% of your runs, like the 80-20 principle, let's think about it. 80% of your runs should be at conversation pace. So you should be able to just carry a conversation with whoever you're running with. And if you're not running with someone, just every once in a while, try and sing a verse of a song or something. See if you can do it. Then 15% of your time of running should be spent at um, one to two word pace. So you're, you're working pretty hard, but you can still get out words. Um, some people will say like, do the national anthem and be like, okay, can I just say out one line? But then I have to take a good breath. And then the last 5% of your running should be like PJ said sprints. You shouldn't be able to be saying any words. You should be huffing and puffing. And those three zones are going to really build you as an overall running the endurance from that 80%. Um, you're not going to be injuring yourself by pushing it too hard for too long. Then the 5% to really grow those muscles, those fast twitch muscles. Do you, do either of you have any recommendations as far as websites or people who have training plans that they could, because I haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing the 80, 25, which is 105%. Uh, I haven't been doing the 80, 15, five, 
uh, percent for like my runs or anything like that. It's always just like whatever I feel like that day. And I wonder if maybe setting goals will make it or, or like just having it all planned out will make it easier for me to do it. Cause like, if it's just like this thing that's in the air, like I'm going running with no real set goal, I find it much easier for me to just, all right, I'm good. I got to a, I got to two and a half miles. I, don't want to do this anymore. Whereas opposed to if I had something set up where I'm like, all right, today's the six mile where I'm doing singing the national anthem. I don't know. Is it the national anthem? Yeah. yeah? Sure. Okay. Can Whatever I choose, can I choose any song? Yeah, man. Yeah. Fergie's good. Well, you know, I love Fergie. What my songs hums. does she sing? <laughs> my, uh, is that guy running, singing my hums? What's, 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 what's he doing dancing like that? That's so, that's so fun. Uh, but if you guys have any recommendations on people, on people at, could just like already have these plans set up for people because people don't want to work and uh, <laughs> don't want to work hard and like, like I'm already get dedicating time to running. I don't want to have to be dedicating time to making out this entire plan as well. Yeah. Um, some good plans and you can actually just Google these and they'll give you a free plan for whatever distance you are. Um, and you can actually plug some tools are super cool um, with these plans involved where you can just put in the date of your race and um, it will spit out your whole training plan all the way up to that race from 16 weeks out, 12 weeks, whatever your distance is. Will that include like weight training and stuff like that? Or is it just including like, this is what you need to run? No, it will, uh, some will include weight training. It won't give you like, okay, do arms this day, but it'll say cross train or weights or, you know, strength, if you will. But some good plans and good coaches online that will give you free stuff is like McMillan. Um, just type in McMillan training plans, training, running. And we'll have this all in the call notes. Yeah. Or uh, sorry, we'll have this all in the show notes. Pfeiffer, <laughs> <laughs> um, I always get his name butchered, but it starts with a P-H-I-F-I-N-Z-E-G-E-R. Um, he's more for more advanced stuff, um, but they also do half marathon, uh, 5K marathon training plans. Really great. Um, so those are just good resources online. You can find good training plans for free. Um, but then there's also a huge variety of different like paid coaches. You can pay people like it's a big online world where like, especially elite runners, you can pay them like Jared Ward, for instance, he ran the Olympic marathon last year. Um, he now charges a monthly fee of $26 and 20 cents, 26.2 for marathon training and, uh, he'll custom train you. Yeah. So clever. So anyways, (laughs) but free stuff. All over the place on on the internet, but like, and to really start out, I would consult these, but then also consult someone who's good at running, who has good experience, because they will help you tweak your plans to meet your goals as well. Do they include? Will these training plans also include like nutrition plans as well, nutritional recommendations? Because that's something that has been huge for me running. I can tell when I have eaten enough and at like the perfect the the. So I've ran an. In this month, I've ran an eight mile once and a six mile. Eight mile, great movie by the way. Um, eight mile, Eminem sponsor of the podcast. Uh, any, if any of you are looking for some great music to listen to, Eminem, he he plays it all. Um, so eight mile, and then I did the six mile as well. And on both of those, I had eaten significantly more. Not necessarily carbs. It wasn't like I was focused like, oh, I'm gonna eat a ton of bread. It was just I ate a lot. And I felt indestructible. And like I also ran really good pace times for the six and for the eight, where I was just like, oh, wow, that was like, I think it was, it was definitely under 10 minutes, but probably not nine. It was probably like nine and a half miles for the eight, which really surprised me. 
uh, any food recommendations or how to do that? I think it depends on really what your goals are. Uh, for like, honestly, like an ultra runner that I really look up to a lot, uh, Scott Jurek. He, I don't know if he's still, do you know if he's still vegan, John? Yeah, yeah no. full vegan. Just uh, released his new book, too, about uh, running the Appalachian Trail. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being vegan. And What's book. the name of the book? So he's got two books out. The one you're yeah, referencing. Eat, yeah, Eat and Run is the one that I've gone through. Yeah, yeah. And then he just released a new one. I think it's called True North or North. I th- it's actually just North by Scott Jerk. And it's... North, sponsor of the podcast, go buy the book so that the show can be funded. But anyway, like Scott Jurek, like he's vegan and that worked for him. Vegan is usually like a pretty nutrient dense, carb heavy diet. And ultra runners, like, and he's like a twig. So, like, he can stand to have as many carbs as he wants and he doesn't need the fats because he's not storing it because he eats like every like 30 minutes or hour, like when he's running. Um, and he's running a lot faster than most people are, um, most regular people. Actually, if you compare him to uh, other athletes that run, like, marathons, he's a little bit slower, which is kind of interesting. Uh, for me, like, I, I, run, I run really well on not eating um, because I run really slow. But on a race, like, race day, I need to perform, and I recognize that, like, carbs are my friend that day. Like, I'll start with, like, I'll have a banana, which, like, I have a banana twice a year. And that's, <laughs> like, and it's for race day. Like, it's for um, during the race and before the race. Like, that's when I will treat myself to a banana. To a banana. <laughs> to a yeah, banana. That, that's treating yourself. <laughs> um, but uh, it really, like, it really just comes down to what is good for you. Um, a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, this is my first half marathon. Like, what should I eat the night before or the morning up? It's like, don't do anything weird. Just eat something that's intuitive to your body that isn't garbage for you. But that's what's tough for me is because so both meal one was like um, we went to this restaurant called The Block that was it was a lot of meat it was meat heavy pretty starchy I would say too with potatoes and then the other time it was uh, at Top Golf uh, <laughs> so it was like burgers shit like that's like bar food I guess you would call it and so that's what I'm. I don't know. I don't eat that food all the time, but I know I can perform running when I eat that kind of food. Is that? Is... You're gonna sit here and tell us you don't eat that all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know your life. <laughs> <laughs> Little Yelp king. <laughs> um, I PJ hit it right on the head. It's very personal. Like for instance, you take Usain Bolt. He eats chicken nuggets from McDonald's before every race he runs. That's dope. Is that just be? Is that just to like like it's a cool anecdote more than anything, or like it legitimately? No, like, this he, gives me energy. His, that's his thing. But the then Szechuan you look sauce, at, or do you know what sauces uh, he uses? I don't know what sauce. I'll have to look it up. I, I'll, I'll check. It's Sorry, Jamaican jerk. Hopefully, Ooh, I don't think I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure that uh, McDonald's has Jamaican jerk sauce. <laughs> yeah, he brings his own. I think of the three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but then, like uh, PJ said, you've got people like Scott Jerk, you know, vegan eaters eating lots of beans and tortillas, whatever it is. And then, um, like, for instance, Dean Carnaz is the one guy. He In his book, he's famous for, while on a run, ordering a full pizza, rolling it up like a burrito, and eating it while he was running. So it just depends on the people. And some notes for, like people who are getting into racing and doing this is a lot of people put so much effort into their training plans. They're getting their mileage. 
but they put zero effort into nutrition training. You got to train your gut because I've experienced this when I ran Boston Marathon. I didn't tra- I didn't fuel properly and I bonked hardcore. Um, you in your weeks leading up to the race, experiment like you are with different meals the night before a race, and then what you're uh, fueling during a race. So whether that's taking a goo or a gel or a gummy or is it actually taking a banana or, you know, are you trying some sort of drink, whether it's a, um, a carb drink or just Gatorade, you know, all these things play a huge factor into your run as much, if not more than just your general training, because these things can wreck you or uh, help you fuel to a victory, if you will. A concern of mine with nutrition that I've been having is I'm not 100% sure if my good runs, because there's no way of me pinpointing to one certain product or one certain thing. It's like, that's why I ran well today. Uh, I know that I had those large meals is the one thing. So with those large meals, I also, during the run, uh, one of the runs I used uh, this like carb drink. This carb drink, I'm like, oh, this carb drink works really well. But then other times I use the carb drink, zero results. Another time I had the... Uh, Gonna, the vanilla wafer or like the Stroop waffle. Oh, I had the Stroop waffle so and I like <laughs> tore it up like when I when I ran. And then another time where I had the second half of the Stroop waffle, I did not do very well. Is like I I'm I'm struggling with nutrition more than anything because like I don't know where that balance is of like all right I'm just gonna do my sweet just gonna eat my burgers and stuff or like should I be using yeah. these goos because I hate. Like, I just don't feel the energy from a lot of these things. If there was a perfect answer for every single person, then there wouldn't be a huge business market for race gels, race goos, race drinks, race foods. And this is the age question uh, for anyone who's running. That's why people are asking, like people like PJ who have experience, what should I eat the night before? Because it's very personal. Like I'm like PJ as well. I tend to do best when I eat a lot of carbs the night before, and then I eat very little the day of the race. So you do you both feel like you've figured out your bodies, though, as far as nutrition goes? Or are you still just kind of being like... Uh... Trial and error a little bit here and there. I have general ideas. So there's some foods, like I try to stay away from a lot of red meat, um, like right before a run or the day before a run, um, or like milk or, you know, certain things like that. But in general, like it's still a very big mystery. And I mean, my last couple of races are proof of that. I'll either have a great race or a bad race. And it's a lot of it depends on my gut. So both of you guys know this about me. Uh, but for uh, for you half dozen listeners, um, got zing. me. You got me back for my for my description of you. <laughs> zing! Uh, by the way, we have over 400, 400 listens right now. Cricket, cricket, Four four hundred listens. Cricket. Do you want to hear a good cricket sound? Yeah. Whoa! It, it, well, that, right? You that's, should do that while you're running. That's yeah. as good as uh, the uh, Alex's audience. <laughs> um, while we're doing whistle. Wait, sounds. was it good? It was so okay. Did you hear that? I'm not. Sound? I'm not sure of what we're making fun of right now. <laughs> I feel, Johnism. I feel attacked. <laughs> Can I do one more whistle sound? Yeah. So you guys know when you go to like Petco and you see that like aisle where it's like there's a hundred birds here. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know that aisle? Yeah. Okay. I could do that aisle. I don't know yeah, which bird this is. Wow. This could be a separate podcast. PJ, good. reserve the talents for our sound making podcast that we're working on. Uh, what were we talking about? Food? Food. Okay. So you guys know this about me. I don't eat a lot of carbs. Um, 
I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm what they say, trying to lose weight. Uh, but uh, I'm doing a wonderful job at it. Hey, thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so carbs uh, are, have kind of been uh, my, my ticket to staying fat my whole life. Um, so I've been really careful about carbs, but on race day, like I said, I'll treat myself to a banana. I'll go to Pound Town on uh, Honey Stingers. And, <laughs> go to Pound Town. And, uh, dude, and, and they help. Like, I will take carb drinks um, because they help me. And so, like, for me, I deprive myself of carbs uh, for, like, most of my life. But, like, on race day, I can benefit from the energy that they give me. So, again, like, it's unique to, to what you're doing. And that's to John's point. Like, you train yourself to a point. And for me, like, I've trained enough to know, like, that works for me. Like, and it works well enough to where, like, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable not trying anything else for, for the time being. And in general, you'll read a lot of research. It'll just say runners need to between 30 to 60 grams of carbs per each hour that they're running longer than 75 minutes. So let's say you're going to go out and run this half marathon. Your goal is to hit two hours. Um, you'll want to probably eat another in that race um, between 60 to 100, 120 uh, grams of carbs. And so you want to do that. And the old something I learned at Boston is what bef- when you start feeling depleted or thirsty or just like you have no energy, it's already too late. You're going to bonk. Uh-huh. So it's better to fuel earlier um, in your run. So let's say you're going after this two-hour mark for the half marathon. I would start consuming fuel around, you know, 45 minutes into my run and then every 15 minutes after that take a little bit more so if it's a honey stinger waffle take a little bite you know every 15 minutes to make sure you hit that amount but like i said this is very personal so it's going to be different for different people but like i said that is probably the thing that i have been struggling with the most and i want to figure it out because i feel like if i can figure that out i will have more motivations to go and run because what dismotivates me is that a word who knows? No one knows. What what eliminates my feelings of motivation are like crappy runs. When I have a crappy run that I don't do well on, I'm just like, well, I don't really want to do this anymore. And then you string enough of those crappy runs together, and it's like, well, this sucked. The first mile of every run is going to suck. Just that's pretty much guaranteed. So get past that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, get past it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm not trying to be callous, but it's just like a, a general rule. Get like, over it, man. Every run I have ever had always sucks at the beginning, but then uh, eventually you get to this point. Uh, they talk about it, the runner's high, and I've only experienced that once. Well, you'll you'll get it Chase again it forever. Yeah, oh, man. I've been chasing that. It was the eight mile that I the eight mile run that I did. I was just like. It was probably around mile five or six where I just I started to feel. I mean, it didn't last for a very long time. I don't know what it feels like to people, but I just like it was like a sense of euphoria more than anything. That was like the best. It was probably lasted for like a half mile, so a solid like five minutes, and it was delightful. Just keep on chasing that dragon. But one thing I did notice uh, is um, when I've been running, I don't know if this is normal or not, that I start to lose feeling in my legs. Or no, 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 in my feet. Is that common? Um, like it's not it's not often it will be every now and then where i'll just start to feel numb i run i can still run fine i just know that there's no feeling now like pins and needles and then numbness or do you just forget what your feet feel like? i would say pins and needles yeah like pins and needles 
It feels uh, like my arms, it's like falling asleep. Yeah, I'd be interested if your shoes are, like, how your shoes are laced. Because I've had that before. Because naturally, like, when you lace up, it's like, oh, I'm going to get my shoes on super tight. And we're going we're gonna to run fast together, you and me, feet. Are you not supposed to do that? No. Like, your, your shoes don't have to be on that, that tight for distance, rate, like, distance running. Like, if you're sprinting, like, you need that to, like, seal to your foot. But your foot, as you run for longer... Like, your foot expands. Um, like, if you think about just gravity, like, like blood is going there. There's a lot of action happening on there. There's a lot of trauma happening. A lot of people run incorrectly or just have bad footwear for it. And, and your, your foot kind of swells. So that's something you need to account for in that. Especially, like, a lot of people will lace up, like, just the top laces. And that, that sucks, too. Um, so I would get as technical as looking at your laces is one thing. Yeah, and it also could just be you're newer to running. Your your body's getting used to that pounding, um, and there's your like your muscle, you know, structure of your body, and then there's your like your skeletal structure, and both of those have to slowly adapt to running and get more and more used to it. And that's why you don't just go out and run a marathon because you would destroy yourself in a, a very painful way. And so it's it's a slow adaptation. You have to bring upon your body it's kind of like uh if anyone remembers pokemon red you start off with just your one little pokemon you work you earn some badges and then you fight the elite four and then you fight your rival uh my family couldn't afford uh game boys or uh or or, or games like that so i was talking to john (laughs) (laughs) i played pokemon snap at my my friend's house so it was just like you take the picture that's all i know one thing I I've also noticed that I have started to adapt already to that because like my first like long run that I went on, ankle killing me, knees killing me, shin splints not too crazy, but I've already n- noticed that that's kind of going away. Is there a proper type of footwear, or do you guys recommend like people going and like going to a foot doctor, not a foot doctor, but like a running coach or whatever to figure out what shoe is best for them? Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because my running journey used to be like such a snob purist about like certain footwear and certain like foot striking techniques and stuff like that. And I used to swear by um, only one brand of shoe. And while I still wear that same brand of shoe because it works for me, I've realized that for others it doesn't work. So I I'd suggest going to running stores like like any store that uh, that is like a running specialty store, like they're all pretty smart and like they would love to put you on that weird treadmill in the back of their room and watch your feet as you run and they, they can suggest some pretty good shoes. What do you think, John? Yeah. Uh, I mean, studies after studies after studies after studies after studies will be done on shoes and what's the best type of shoe and i mean born to run hits on this super hard shoe dog hits on this super hard all these books out there um, about running will hit really hard on this as well as i mean you just google it like what best shoes to wear you'll find studies and pretty much what it all comes down to is feel um what feels good to you so like pj said he found his brand that really feels good to him and he's stuck with it um, personally, I have several different types of shoes and it's just like, depending on the run, I like to switch things up and yeah, it, for me, it's always come down to feel. So like PJ said, go to a running store, go to someone who has experience, try on shoes. Don't go to sports or any of this crap. Like that's, they're going to have to bleep that out. Thanks, John. Yeah, sorry. But you're just going to have to, 
I mean, you're going to get bad service. Someone who doesn't know, it's some kid in high school who's smoking pot in the back who's going to offer you a shoe. So don't go there. Go to a, a running now specialty. Now I actually do have to bleep it. I meant to bleep it out because you said the word <laughs> Now I have to bleep it out because you're saying all their employees are potheads. <laughs> We're recommending things. I, I overgeneralize, but it's to prove a point. Go to a specialty store, try on shoes. If it feels good, if they don't let you like run around and jog in it, then get out of there. Go somewhere that'll let you jog around in it, get used to it, get a feel. And it'll come to you. How long does that take, though? Because I, I would love to go and, like, find a shoe, but I'm nervous that, you know, wear what feels right. What if it, like, f- do you remember when, like, your mom would make you walk around in the shoe store, like, to make sure that it, it fit, like to make squeeze, sure, and you felt super yeah. stupid, so you walked probably, like, max 20 feet. You're like, yeah, it feels good. I don't want to have to keep trying on shoes. I feel like I would use that mentality, or maybe I would just lie to myself and be like, oh yeah, this feels good when in reality like I needed to run a little bit longer to figure out. Do they take that kind of time to like, all right, yeah, you have two miles. <laughs> two miles to figure out if this feels good or not. Like I, I just I, I no. I don't because I, mean, I don't want to have to buy like a ton of shoes like, oh crap, this felt good at the time and then nope, now I have to go back and get some Charlie horses. Well think about this. Um, let's say you want to start riding a bike and know how much a bike costs. Five pairs of shoes is still cheaper than than a stupid bike. Um, <laughs> wait, are, wait, where is this going? I'm saying you're gonna have to put like you, oh, you have cost to put money. money into it. Like, um, I I went through probably like three pairs of shoes before I found my brand, and then I went through two or three pairs of shoes within that brand before I found like my pair, the Ultras Lone Peak 3.0. It's they built it specifically for the Wasatch 100, and like it like. It's my shoe. Like, I only buy that shoe. I only buy the same colors every time. I have mixed up old shoes with new shoes, and it's made for an awkward run. But, like, you, like, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and realize, like, if you want something good, just like with, like, nutrition, you got you to gotta test. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm opposite of PJ in which I have three different brands of shoes, um, and I use them for different things. I have some Hoka's. They are traditionally so ugly. Big, huge um, soles. They're supposed to be like running on pillows sort of thing. That's their mentality. And I just, I hated them. But I tried on a trail shoe because I was going to go do this big uh, hike slash run through Canada. And they felt amazing. So I went with them. And then for like racing, I have some Adidas, like very like racer style, very low profile. And then some minimal shoes like Ultras uh, for just some like everyday training. And it's just... I've gone through, tried on a bunch of shoes. I'd run a couple of laps, you know, or like just run it back and forth, get on the treadmill for a couple of minutes. And you'll tell pretty quickly, like, this one feels a lot better than that one. And it'll come pretty quickly, especially if you put two different shoes on each foot and run. You'll be like, ooh, not good, good. And then you just do process A-B testing, man. Marketing. Have, have any of these, have, like when you're wearing these shoes, have you been able to um, sort of figure out which one's best like do shoes matter as far as injuries go or can injuries will injuries just happen no matter what uh, that's kind of a broad question but uh yes to both i think like injuries will happen um age is a big thing nutrition is a big thing like when i started adding uh so i i used to have like a bad knee like my right knee was hurt me for like a year uh, and I was putting on a lot of miles, and I found my shoe by that point. But, like, I discovered high-fat diets and taking a lot of, like, omega-3 oils, and, like, I fixed my knee. So, like, injuries 
are a lot more than just shoes, but shoes are a big part of it. I will like confidently say the right shoe will prevent a lot of injuries. Uh, could you elaborate on that? Like, like specific injuries. It doesn't have to be a ton of them, but like, do you think there's like specific injuries that like shoes are the a huge factor? So to me, um, there there's kind of like two two types of injuries. There's those that like happen in the moment, like you fall, it hurts, and and you've got to you've got to you know walk around slowly for a few weeks. And then there's those things that are kind of more chronic, and maybe injury is not even the right word. Uh, but like plantar fasciitis, it like sucks for anyone who's like been running a long time and shin splints and all these things that come from like, why is this happening? Like hip pain, knee pain, like I'm doing good things. I'm taking care of my body. Like why? It's just not cool. Like why is this happening? Shoes can help with a lot of that sort of thing. Um, but as far as like falling or, you know, really. It's sort of like the freak accidents are the ones that shoes are not responsible. Are not responsible. For. Yeah, I would I would say that by and large. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different camps in this. You're going to see different opinions on this, but I think like we've been talking about, it just comes down to feel and then making sure you you're not running on, you know, really old, outdated crummy crummy shoes that you you can get anywhere. Just get good shoes, replace them every couple hundred miles. Um, when you start to see the soles breaking down or, I mean, you can tell when a shoe's getting old, it's time to get a new pair. Because that will help you avoid injury by making sure that like, I I know that the guy that came in and spoke to us said it's ultimately like, just like tires, tread, tread on a tire. You, you wouldn't just keep running on crappy tires that are balding because that could lead to potential accidents. I don't know if any of you have experienced this speaking of injury how do you stay in shape and motivated while injured I feel like that's a really tough thing for people as well my wife has been having this nerve issue with her foot and it's kind of been difficult for her yeah that's a great question I'm going through the same boat I uh after Boston marathon two years ago I kind of developed this swelling in my right ankle and it just got worse and worse and pain developing it and I've been to I don't know at least 10 plus doctors, physical therapists, uh, podiatrists, I mean, even kind of like witchcraft type of people, you know, they're going to touch me with their oils and I'm going to be healed. I'm, I'm trying everything and it hasn't gotten better. Um, and it's been really frustrating. And it's like, because I'm so motivated to go out and do these races and to run, but I just can't, my body won't let me at this time. And I'm, it's been really hard. And uh, so I, what I've done for cross training is I've done like, uh, like a lot of swimming, biking, um, lots of weights, and I've tried to find outlets in other ways. Has it been replaced running? Definitely not. But um, just doing cross training, um, there's some cool things out there. Technology like Alter G's, uh, where you it's a treadmill and you can actually get in, and it helps reduce the amount of force that you're landing upon your feet. So as you're recovering, you can get on these and you can do like 50% body weight and it, it, it like vacuums your hip, um, seals it up and sucks some of the air out of it. So you're landing lighter. And so when you're coming back from injury, you can actually get on these things and get some running in or water jogging. Um, people can get in the pool and just do the motion of running in deep water. And that's a dang good workout. You don't think it is. And you're like, you just look kind of like a fool in the deep end running, you know, in place but it's a dang good workout. And that's those are some of the things I've been doing. Um, and am I sick of them? Yeah, I'm sick of swimming some days. Um, 
but it's the motivation for me, like I said, is I feel like one day I'm going to be able to overcome this and get back to running, which I love now, you know. And injury scares me at times because I feel like obviously you've found a way around that. I just feel like it's super easy just to give up and kind of go back. And that's why, not that I'm even injured right now or anything like that, but I'm having a hard time getting back into like running and stuff like that. And I can already see, I think a a lot of people like both of you have brought up looking for those external and internal factors for, for why you should be running and whatnot. When I first started running, I lost a significant amount of weight. Um, I lost, uh, it, it, went back and forth between about 10 and 15 pounds. And I was just super stoked on that. And then it stopped like after this, after like these three weeks of running like crazy. And that was kind of a demotivator for me. But I think your, your story is really great of like, just find if, if that's not working for you, maybe right then figure out something else that you could be doing to, to make up for it. So you're not just throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. So you lost running, not by choice, I stopped running by not choice, but at the same time, you're doing these other things to make up for that, and I'm not. Yeah, yeah, and I think your your motivations, and I think PJ hit on this really hard and how he got into running, but your motivations are going to change um, almost every day. Uh, I mean, I look at some of the races I've done where I really struggled, and I... Um, at Boston, I was running, doing super well. Then I hit Heartbreak Hill, mile 21 of the race, and I just I crashed. Like I, I didn't pr- fuel properly, and it was hot outside. I just did a bad job on that. And my motivation to finish was first, A, it's Boston. I, I can't pay all this money and go out there and have this experience and not finish. But then B, I was also running for a charity at that time. Um, my brother-in-law suffers from MS, and uh, so I was running for the MS Foundation in his honor, and I had a really unique experience at that race. I remember at mile 23, I got to a porta potty and I was just done. And I remember I sat down in the porta potty and I was just like almost in tears. I was just like feeling so horrible. I couldn't see very well, and I just thought about my brother-in-law for a moment. I was like, okay, I'm running this race in honor of him. And he can't even do a lot of physical activities because sometimes his body wakes up and half his body is paralyzed. And I was just like, okay, if he can live life and still be a successful dad, successful in his job and overcome those things, I'm going to really push hard to finish this race. And so I had this moment of clarity like, hey, I'm running for something really cool for people who can't run. And I got to really treat this gift I've been given, this chance to actually be healthy enough to run um, like it is, it's a gift. And I was, I finished, uh, it was a horrible race. It was painful, but I loved it because it taught me a valuable lesson that running truly is a gift. And, uh, it's, it's special to me now. And I think that would be a good place to, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that. Um, I think that's really inspiring, especially in the sense that a lot of these, a lot of people that are listening probably just don't want to run because, the, the lack of motivation and the lack of motivation is just purely laziness. If I had to guess, most people just don't want to run because of laziness because I think that is a portion of the reason that I started running. I don't want to sound as, um, as much as like I've had this moment of clarity, like yours was, I'm not trying to make a, a false equivalency or, but I, I think recognizing that I've been wasting a lot of time 
doing a lot of stupid things when I could have been doing things that one will benefit me. And ultimately these, it's kind of like uh, your, like your sister and your mom, like you were talking about. If I can start having these healthy habits now, rather than later, I'm not gonna, like when I have kids, it will be that much easier to like, I'm already doing this thing. I have this habit already established. I don't have to put on this show for my kid. It'll just be like, oh, that's what dad is like already. And I feel like if a lot of people could, if, if people don't get anything out of this besides this, just being a healthier person and having healthier outlets for a lot of things is going to be a lot better for the world. And I think a lot of people know from, from the, the podcast that my thing is always about um, trying to beat evolution as best as we can. Yes, continue evolving, um, but don't just get stuck in these these traps that have been created by evolution that we have. And let's just keep trying to improve and get better as a human species. And that's why I wanted to talk about running is because I feel like that is one of those things that is going to make us that much. And it doesn't have to be running. Like I don't want to like just niche it to that, but there's so many things that we could be doing instead of listening to net or watching Netflix, instead of playing video games, ad nauseum, et cetera, et cetera. Um, any last words from you, PJ or John that you'd like to share? No, I just, I would agree with that. I mean, when I was running, uh, uh, my 50 K, which is like the longest race I've ever done. Um, I thought of like, you know, my two year old daughter, Jet, like, you know, this is, this is who I want her to know dad is like, we, like, we just do hard things in this family and we do it because we do it. Um, so I agree with that. I think running's very wholesome in that way. Yeah, ditto just everything I've said and what you guys have kind of summarized. I, I think running truly can be for everyone um, if they just give it a shot and they find that that reason, that why for themselves. As always, thanks everybody for visiting and stopping by today. The next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you'll give it a listen. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. Better.